Hello and welcome to the Swing Smarter Hitting Training Podcast. Your host, Joey Myers from HittingPerformanceLab.com. And with me today is I have a team coach. So for those out there that are going to be team coaches coming up or are team coaches now, I have Zach Casto. So Zach, first I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. It's my honor to be on. <laughs> and uh, so a little short bio on, on coach. So coach uh, Zach, he started his career at West Virginia State University as a student assistant for two years, and that was uh, 16 to 18, and is currently the Nitro High School assistant coach, uh, outfield base running analytics, first base coach. He is also the author of Rounding Third, Skills, Drills, and Best Practices in the Game of Baseball, and the Rounding Third Leadership Baseball blog, which he's got, and co-host of Classroom Chatter podcast. And again, I wanted to have Coach Zach on because I know I got a lot of team coaches out there that are dealing with how to teach and coach and drill kids. And it's a totally different monster from the instructor world where I come from. Uh, I do the last, this is going to be what the year four or five I'm coaching my now nine-year-old son's team. So I'm now, you know, four years in now to the, the team atmosphere rodeo that it tends to be and 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 in the the younger ages some of you out there listening might be in there too so I, I think coach zach has a good unique perspective on this and uh so i wanted to have him on plus he's written a book and and for those of you who've written books out there it's it's grueling it's tough if they get all your all the thoughts in your head down into a somewhat organ, organized manner so uh zach tell tell me a little bit about um some of the say some of the struggles that you had going from so how old are you first by the way i am 26 26 so, so you're yeah. you're almost fresh right off the the playing boat so yeah. um what tell a little bit about so did you you played college ball yeah yeah i played college ball at west virginia state uh the one the one difference uh now added uh to my bio would be it's my first year at the university of charleston i took a uh, director of player development role for them um, and also work with the outfitters. This is my first uh, fall and spring back in the college ball. Uh, but uh, it is, yeah, college baseball, man, there's nothing, nothing like it. Uh, playing it was just unbelievable experience. D1, D2, D3, doesn't matter. It's an, an unbelievable experience and the friends you make there and the experiences you gain are just, just last a lifetime. And and fantastic memories at last. <laughs> so you said analytics. Uh, so you're doing some of the, like player development analytics side of things. So uh, what, what uh, in the analytics do you, are you working on? Um, so as of right now, I, in my role, I help out with um, all facets of our content areas and specifically I'm with the outfielders mm -hmm. right now as well in my content area. Um, we do have a director of analytics. That's uh, Abby Finch. Uh, she came from uh, Olentangy Orange High School, and this is her first year at Charleston as well. So she's awesome. She helps me out uh, with um, some uh, competitions that I create. And uh, but some of the, the getting the meat of your question, uh, some of the technologies we use, uh, we're very blessed at Charleston. We have Rapsodo, uh, we have Blast, uh, we have Win Reality. Uh, trying to think uh oh we, and we also have uh hitting approach something we've really used uh this fall to help assess our our hitters and swing decisions and we got uh, we gained that from a fellow d2 rival mm -hmm. in millersville university but it's a really cool app um and so abby's on top of things for analytics but 
uh, speak a little bit when I was at uh, when I was at Nitro. We used Blast, um, and I'd even, you know, Charleston was a program. I'd go and watch practices a ton since uh, even even before Coach Britt was there, even when Coach Andrew Wright is with the Yankees now when he was when he was there and just blown away with how they collected data and information, but also how they dispersed it. So uh, even though we couldn't afford all of the, the technology that Charleston has at Nitro, I, I sort of gained the idea of what Charleston – Charleston did at the time and kind of made it to a high school version. So, I mean, we spray charts, just put that in the Google doc of, okay, here's the hitter, uh, the opponent, um, what he did, what pitch he hit against, uh, what did he do with the pitch? Um, also kept track of quality at bats and we just, uh, I'd, you know, go through the raw data, uh, and then put up a score. And then based on the scores, um, I'd put up a kind of a leaderboard and the guys would see where they're at. So if they were in green, they were good. Yellow, they were kind of average. And pink was um, below average. Uh, so with those scores, it also allowed us to create uh, lineups and it allowed the players to understand, okay, where am I at and why? So it helped them reflect. And I think the reflection piece is super duper important for them because we, we live in a world where perhaps reflection isn't, isn't you know, sexy enough. Mm-hmm. We want it quick and we want it now. Whereas reflection is just a trait that uh, young adults need in order to have success in life. Um, and then, of course, we used Blast. So I just had a pre, like regular, we had one Blast sensor. So we'd do like a monthly um, test on Blast and we'd group them up into where the deficiencies were. We'd give them um, maybe let's say 10 to 15 minutes on warm-up drills, space, work on those deficiencies per month. So we do a monthly test and then we retest them. And then on top of that, we'd also use Blast to see where our team hitting issues were as well. And we try to diagnose that in the, in the team hitting uh, aspect of practice. So um, that's some of the, the analytics and, and data that we used at Nitro. Of course, at Charleston, it's just we have abundance of data and information now just because we're blessed with the technology that we have. Yeah, boy, things come a long way. Uh, when I was in college, it was just paper scouting stuff, which was good. <clears throat> and usually we had the pitchers that weren't pitching, obviously were on the, on the charts and they were charting all the pitches and the whole thing. And that that's at the the college level. And, and it's interesting that you're talking about some of the, the high school at Nitro, you guys were using blast and, and obviously there's a, there's a economical thing there because rap soda is what eight, nine, $10,000 and hit yeah. tracks is like 25, $35,000. So it's, it's, it's hard for the younger coaches say in little league or even junior high to, to go with that. Since you've had a, a lay of the land of all those, I'm kind of interested in that hitting approach too. I, I haven't heard of that yet. Um, so maybe we can go into that, but I'm interested in, you've had a good, you've taken a little bit of all of them. You've tasted a lot of them. What would you suggest to say a little league coach? Uh, if you were to pick one of those, what would you say would be the best for 12 U? Uh, probably for 12 U. I think blast is really good. Um, just in reflection of um, what I did at nitro, I'd get two sensors this time mm. just because it'd be a lot easier. Um, in a team, no, like, like in a team atmosphere. Yeah, in a team atmosphere. Um, Blast is really affordable. Um, you don't have to have all the bells and whistles that Blast has. I mean, they have the analytics that they had with 
really good. Just the just basic no add-ons. But the add-ons are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you suggest for like twelve U coaches to focus on? What top two analytics of Blast? I think um, the attack angle is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's not get it's not the same as launch angle, but attack angle is important. Right. Um, barrel, barrel, the the barrels angle coming towards the ball. Yeah. And I think uh, exit velocity because yeah, the harder we hit the ball, mm-hmm. um, the better opportunity we have to to get on base. Mm-hmm. So it'd be those would be the two. But there's there's other ones as well. But those those would be the two that I really really focus on. Um, that's the two that really we found success with. And there's other ones too. I'm trying to think. There was a, a vertical. I think a vertical attack angle. And really the the name of it's kind of deceiving, but um, what that would tell us is our plate coverage, which mm-hmm. also showed us, okay, what part of the field are we actually hitting, hitting the ball? So um, for us at Nitro, we, we were a little too pool happy. So maybe that first uh, couple of weeks of practice, we worked on hitting up the middle opposite way mm-hmm. and we retested them a month later and it was a lot better. So um, it's, it's really cool. I mean, technology, I think it gets a bad rep in our game. Yep. And, um, and, and, and really all it is just an, an add on to just the fundamentals of baseball. We've always done. Now we just get to test it and we, in our data and our information that we get from the eyes can either be the truth or not. So it just, it helps us prevent mistakes that could happen a lot quicker. <laughs> and right. that's good for job security and player development. So <laughs> It protects everybody players. You know, the players don't get upset hey, if their numbers aren't there they at least now they can see where they can improve, but they can also see why maybe they're not in the lineup where they think they need to be or in the lineup in general. Right. Um, That's the one thing. That's the one thing I remember talking to coach Wright about it. Um, He said with the quality at bat um, information they have, the uh, players coming in the office on Monday really went down because now they know where they're at. and, and, And it also opened up a conversation as to which, okay, what do I need to do to improve? Mm-hmm. So instead of emotion and emotional discussion, it was more of a rational discussion and improving player development. So that's a win on all fronts. And I, yeah, I love that. And uh, coaches out there that know what they're, what they need to be doing, quality at bats or hitting approach. Um, that's big to, to cut down on the amount of players coming in your office, uh, wondering why they're not playing. It tells them, but the, at the same time, you have the coaches that don't really know what they're, how to fix some of that stuff. So there has to be a, a, you have to learn that system and have to learn whether it's quality at bats or hitting approach. I kind of have an assumption of what that is. Um, so going, going to hitting approach a little bit, what's the, so what it's a software, I assume it, you, you put the data in and it kind of, yeah. yeah. So it's very, you have to manually put the data in. Uh, it's kind of similar to rap Soto a little bit, um, but you manually put in uh, where the where the pitch crossed uh, the strike zone, and then you would it's it's almost like having a spray chart, but just digitally. Mm. And the cool aspect of it, from what I've gathered, what I've seen, is it, it creates uh, heat maps. Mm. So it's we're going to use it for our pitching and our hitting. So we want to know where our guys' heat maps are hitting wise, so that they understand you know what pitch they like and where they like it, and that just helps them control the strike zone. And on the flip side for pitching, it allows us to understand the heat maps of our opponents and where they like to hit the ball and where we need to pitch pitch them. So it's pretty, pretty easy. Just, you know, 
more work you, the more uh, times you use it, the easier it gets. I think that's what Abby, and at least talking with Abby this past fall at Charleston, that's what, what she said. It just took her a little time. And then after that, it was, it was easy. So um, hitting approach is, is pretty solid. I'm trying to, I don't remember how much it costs, but I think it's certainly worth the, the opportunity to seek out and see what it's like. Uh, it's, um, I believe it's both on Apple and Android. And mm. I, I suggest using it on a tablet, but I'm sure you can use it on a smartphone as well. Yeah. And then uh, quality of bats too. So those two, would you suggest one of the two or one or both for like high school? Uh, for high school, I'd certainly, um, I would always suggest in high school to look out and see what technology you can afford because it certainly makes it a lot easier. I know for me being a classroom teacher, I, I like having technology because it allows me to assess where my students are at. So I have the same approach with, with uh, coaching. Mm -hmm. So um, in regards to um, that, uh, if you can't afford it, then try to make something that's similar to that. And that's what I try to do with um, like, you know, spray charts and stuff like that. The only issue with that is, you know, getting an angled view from the dugout. You don't really know exactly where the pitch was. So hitting approach, it kind of changes that. Mm -hmm. Now, in high school, I'd see if you, you could find maybe an intern in the school where they could, you know, get a good view of, of the strike zone and then they can do the sprays and and give you that information um but again it's uh totally explore what you can do i know some schools are, are more blessed than others but i think there's always room for at least having a piece of technology per year and then adding on to it if possible mm -hmm. uh, but there's you know, information is is always good no matter what and it could be you know manually made or it could be an app and i just think it adds so much benefit to, to coaching Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Is uh, Abby, question on Abby, is she, what's her background? Is she a economics person? Is she a softball person? What's her background? So she, um, she came from, uh, she's just her, she's, her uh, she's a freshman at Charleston. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're good friends with Tom Marker at Olentangy Orange. And um, she had, she had that, she was pretty much the intern at that high school for analytics and did a lot of cool things uh, when, it, when it came to um, analytics. And so we decided to, to create this role at Charleston and she's came in and she's just very, very sharp. So um, I think the sky's the limit for her. Um, she, she does, I mean, she's just the master of all kinds of, of analytics and ideas. I mean, she's, really helped me out with in regards to data collection and um, making sure the competitions that I do in the outfield um, are feasible. <laughs> so mm -hmm. sometimes I get crazy out there, but um, just making sure like when we score it, is it reliable data? Is it not? Um, so she's, she's awesome. Mm. Um, and I, I just think her future is super duper bright, especially with the value she brings to our program because we, we love having data and information in our program and she just simplifies the whole process for us. So mm. it's truly, truly awesome to have her there. Very cool. Now you, you mentioned competitions in the outfield. Take me through that. What does that look like? Okay. So this is really something um, I was really challenged to do in the fall from coach Britt. And so what I've decided to do is, uh, at least in the late fall, we did a catch competition and a target competition. So I'd have an L screen for the target competition 
and then just put up maybe a cone or something to make it to be the target. And so I'd give our guys ground balls, fly balls, all kind of randomized plays, either off of a pitching machine, which was our hack attack, or off Fungo. And they had a blast. And, and, and what it helped them was to understand ball flight, what balls they can get behind, and what balls they can uh, they have to you know just get in the second, right? And, and so it, it was really really helpful for them to understand their route efficiency, which is something we're going to work on a little bit more to enhance, but they, they improved so much on understanding ball flight, what to do on line drives, uh, deep fly balls, standard fly balls, and then ground ball wise on how to approach different ground balls and then, you know, get it, you know, get a clean transition out of the glove to get a four seam grip and then get a strong throw. So, uh, and on top of that, we had a leaderboard and they, they loved it. So, um, then the, 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 uh, the catch game, just regular play, just random plays, no throwing component to it, but they really, really enjoyed the competition. So was that like diving? You having them dive for balls and doing yeah, that over the shoulder? So like, yes, yeah, yeah. So like a standard catch would be one point, two points would be on um, a, a catch on the run, three points on the diving catch or a home run rob. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, man, they loved it and. Um, there's times where I scored it. There's times where they scored it. And, but all, all it really did was help them reflect on, you know, why did I have success? Why didn't I have success and allowed them to, to think rationally and ask questions to improve. And I'm only going to really enhance that more in the, in the spring. So we'll probably play, have a catch play game, um, you know, standard game of 21, where if it's at your face, it's mm-hmm. one at your chest too, or stuff like that. Yep. And but we're only going to enhance that by, by working on cutting relay throws and, and stuff like that. And, uh, my end goal is when we have defensive skill that every single thing we, we do that day will have some component of competition in there. Mm-hmm. We're quantifying that and, uh, and they can understand really how they truly did. Cause sometimes you can be deceived on how well you did. Um, and if we can track it and we can evaluate it, I think it really allows them to have a better picture on what the coaching staff sees so that they can understand where they're truly at. And um, I'm going to add video to that component as well. So um, we'll have video so they can watch what they're doing um, and then they can see how we evaluated them. So they get the, the full kind of coach's perspective on where they're at. So they're not really misled and that they can uh, create a quality plan for every day they come into practice or training that they understand what they need to work on, what they need to prove upon and, and ask the right questions to lead them down the right roads. Cool. I love, I love how you guys use that analytics portion and find, being creative and the coaches out there not knowing what that would be. I think you gave a pretty good blueprint of that and how to, how to grade the, those kind of games. Right. And that's it. We're talking about outfield, but you can do the same for, for infield. Right. Um, one of yeah. the things that Sammy said, um, or you said in Sammy's uh, play ball kid podcast, you talked about throwing and see my nine-year-old and his teammates, the big thing is playing catch, right? They just don't know how to play catch. So one of the things you said, it was, it was interesting is I, I, when I learned it, when I was in high school was we painted one side of the ball or used a Sharpie marker, painted it all black and kept the other side normal and was the, be able to throw the ball with the correct spin, right? The four seam, four seam spin. And you mentioned just putting a, a thing of athletic tape on the four seam, right, right in the middle. So talk a little bit about that. Some, some coaches haven't heard that, you know, like I did on play ball kid. 
Yeah. So it's in my, it's in my book as well, but mm -hmm. uh, just put like some black or red athletic tape. Uh, and so you can work on a four seam grip. And the reason why you want a four seam grip is because a four seam fastball is pretty much a straight fastball. And uh, it's also important too, that when you teach it, the thumb's super important, right? Because if you have the thumb either to the left or to the right of the four seam grip, it can make it cut or whatnot. But that, that, that's getting too much into the weeds. But the important the importance of, of the, the electric tape is it shows the proper four seam rotation, right? So if you kind of see the, the electric tape just kind of stay straight and just it's kind of moving like that, you gotta, you got, you're throwing the ball properly. And because you don't want uh, your guys throwing change-ups out there or two seams, you know, especially in the infield or in cuts and relays, because if that happens, it's just pure disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, and that's what we realized at, at Nitro uh, with catch play is our guys weren't throwing. It, some of them didn't even know how to hold a four-seam fastball. Just didn't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And so it's really eye-opening. Like, you just kind of assume that. Uh, when you've been around the game a little bit, but don't assume anything. It, it really just, you know, I mean, Butch, Butch Chaffin at Cookville, Tennessee, he's, he's the guy that says, and I, I use this even for the, the college guys is, you know, assume they're all eight year olds and don't assume they remember anything you say. <laughs> and, and, and I remember Jonathan Gellner was to a podcast when he was with the Rangers. He said they even used uh, electric tape or, or, or Sharpie then baseballs just so you know you never know and just so it reinforces you know the values that they, they you know when in catch play and again if you can't play catch you're not going to have much success in in the game of baseball so I think it's important that you know even if you have like an hour of practice catch play is just super important mm -hmm. and you know I know Augie Garrido he'd <laughs> mm. they would get him fired up if his guys weren't focused he could tell what practice would be like depending on how the, how the quality of their catch play was. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think in the world we live in today where kids we're in a attention span, just deficit type mm -hmm. of world, um, it, with catch play, just add in, you know, add in competitions up front of for the outfielders to speak to them at Charleston, you know, we'll have a specific thing they're focused on, which would be, you know, ground ball focused footwork or fly ball focused footwork, uh, balls in the gap footwork. And, and just e even adding in a throwing target competition at the end when they're coming in on catch play, I think just helps them stay engaged, stay focused, but also understand and remember what they need to do to have success out there. So you can do any, anything, right? even pitching, I mean, infield, just footwork, catch, catchers, pitchers. It's just all facets of the game. You need to be able to, to have some command of what you're doing when you're throwing in. And doing that, it's just super important. And it's just easy to do. It's very affordable. Uh, you can use a Sharpie. You can use um, electric tape for that. But, again, four-seam grip, that's just uh, kind of a staple of a, a good throw because, again, the ball is going to be going straight, not going to be cutting. Mm -hmm. One of the other drills that you mentioned, uh, didn't go into it too, <clears throat> too deep, but I'd like you to hear uh, on Sammy's was the bucket drill. So you had a bucket drill. I think it had to do with the fly balls at the peak, like seeing the peak. Yeah. So explain that a little bit. Okay. So the bucket drill I got uh, from when we, during quarantine time, or I guess you could say peak COVID season mm -hmm. um, time and coaching and um, a group, uh, we decided to do talk about outfield play. We did outfield chatter 
And we had a couple of pirate coaches on and one of them discussed the bucket drill and what they use it for is to work on routes and depth perception of fly balls. So I use the machine at Nitro. I haven't done it yet at Charleston. I'll probably do it in the spring for competition. But uh, for our guys at Nitro, they had really a hard time getting behind the ball, understanding what balls they need to get behind. But it also worked on their routes. So I just shot up fly balls uh, up in the air, just high fly balls, high lazy fly balls that they could get behind. Mm-hmm. And as the ball is at its highest peak, they're going to uh, drop the bucket where they think the ball mm-hmm. is going to land. So mm-hmm. if it lands in the bucket, they get a point. If not, they don't. But it was really eye-opening for our guys. We played maybe three to four times last spring at Nitro, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one regret I didn't have is I wanted to have like a – you know, like I guess a toy wrestling belt and just have them be you know, like <laughs> champion for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just, it was a lot of fun to see them do that. They really got into it. They cheered for each other and sometimes they got on each other as well. Uh, but again, it really, really helped their routes and they had to, you know, they had to get their ready step properly. They had to time everything up properly in order to um, get to the spot they needed to get to. And again, that's just super duper invaluable. Uh, for the outfield because again if you're don't have the proper ready step or the proper uh, setup you're not going to have success same thing with hitting too you're just not going to have the mm. you don't if you're not set up for success and not ready to um, do some damage in the box you're going you're to have some trouble i agree totally yeah thank you for clarifying on those those are those are great tips for for coaches out there uh dealing with the fly balls and things like that and at the younger ages you know i know you're mentioning that's a little bit more geared for outfielders because we're seeing that we've seen that long, big fly ball, um, infielders though, at the younger ages, that's going to be big too. And you can do the same thing, you know, pretty easy. Um, so you've had some experience in the high school, uh, practice. So talking about practice organization. So what, what things you're including in a practice, right? So you've seen the high school side and you've seen the college side. What do you see as being the top two things when it comes to organizational practice at the high school level that maybe is missing? Uh at the high school level, I think the one thing that I think is really, really missing is the middle game. Um, mm. Guided visualization at the beginning of the day. I just what I see being as a school teacher, students come into the classroom with more mental issues, bad home lives, mm-hmm. and just ter- terrible things they see mm-hmm. uh, every single day. And um, to have them come to practice with all these issues and I know the old adage is, you know, leave, leave, you know, the issues outside of the field. That's kind of hard when there's a lot of traumatic events going on in these students' lives, mm-hmm. regardless if they're college or high school or middle school or elementary, it's, mm-hmm. it's just going to happen. And, and so just having the opportunity to go to a, a safe place, you know, just comfortable, they can lay down and let go of their troubles and focus and be able to focus for practice is just mind blowing. I know, I know coach Sheetinger at Georgia Gwinnett just said you know, the guys at first, when they started doing it, were just kind of mocking it a little bit, but once they really, really focused on using this, you know, that, that 10 to 15 minutes of guided visualization, their practice performance went through the roof. Mm. And I know that was the case for our guys at Charleston as well. Um, there's varying results with it. I know some programs, some players don't like it in programs. So I, you know, there's that component. Uh, some guys love it and some guys are in between. I know some of our, our guys last year, they didn't particularly like it in practice, 
but they loved having it before a game. Um, it really focused them up for a game and just kind of uh, from what I gathered from, from last year's team is it really helped them remember what they did and focus and trust on what they've trained for. So um, there's varying uh, aspects to it. I think, you know, the middle game is just so untapped in the high school game. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it's, it's important for players to know their mental routine. So when the game speeds up on them, which it always will, um, uh, they need to have something to where they can have a focal point, you know, take a deep breath and then do their whole routine so they can focus on going one pitch at a time and winning each pitch. Yeah, I, I love that. And I agree. And I, I was on a, a podcast with um, Amanda, um, what's her last name? Amanda Smith, I think it is. And uh, she, she, we're about the same age. So we grew up in the same similar generation and we were talking about the differences between boys and girls and that boys tend to their, what is it? Their performance determines their emotion. And the, with girls, it's the opposite. Their emotion determines their performance, right? So what's interesting, and I, and I would even argue that that's also true for some guys, like not, not all guys are performance determines their emotion, right? But you probably seen this where, you, you know, I think relationships, a big part of it too, where you talk about mental, mental side of it. I think the, the relationship of the coach and the coaches that, that are surrounding and the, the environment that they, the welcoming environment that they bring in to that, right. The relationship, because if you have, it, it, we're basically mentors. I mean, some, some of us are, da are the dads of some of these, these boys and girls that, like you said, with their home life, either dad's there, but not there, or dad's not there at all. And we become dad basically for, and, and the, the female coaches become mom kind of sort of, uh, but in a mentor type type role. So, you know, the relationship side of it, I think is, is, uh, is good too. So yeah, I, I love it. A lot, a lot of good stuff. And before, before I, we, we sign off, um, Zach, give us a, where we can find you, give us a talk about your book round in third, um, where people can buy it. Um, and then I have a question for you about your book after, after you kind of introduce that. So before I add that, I wanted to add something to what you just said. Sure. Um, uh, Drew Saylor, he's with the Royals now, but there's a, uh, before he joined the Royals, he was in the Pirates organization. And uh, I liked following his career when he was with the Dodgers. So he was in Morgantown. And I was like, I got to, I got to meet this guy, see, see what he, you know, some interesting things that he does. And one thing that's interesting that I think, you know, little league all the way to college that, that can be done. And I do it in the classroom is just do a simple love languages quiz. And that allows you to understand uh, and a learning styles quiz. So I do a learning styles quiz and a love languages quiz. And the learning styles quiz allows you to understand, you know, what kind of learner that the, the athlete is, but also the love languages quiz will allow you to understand how to approach them. Mm. An example for that, he told me there was a player in the Pirates organization, I think he came from uh, Arkansas uh, uh, program, and he was pitching and he got like a zero on, on touch. Mm. And, and he had no clue that that was an issue, but always knew something was an issue there. So mm. like if you just, you know, pat on the back or something, he'd lose all focus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then when, you know, when he saw the results, it made sense. Mm. And it's just Good a game. Point. game. Good point. And, yeah. And um, i trying to think as well, like in the classroom, for example, um, I have a bunch of visual learners and tactile learners. So tactile just means they like, you know, actually doing the activity or doing yep. the skill. Uh, so that's how I've got it. All of my 
lessons in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, do something similar to that it, with baseball. Um, I may not have done the, this year, I may not have done the exact um, quiz with them. It's probably something I'll do in the future because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just talking with the players and asking them, how, you know, how they learn best and then just crafting uh, the training plan or lesson plan for them in that way that just, they, they learn quicker and they're, they feel more engaged because you're actually really focusing on their learning style and they appreciate it. Um, which adds to the relationship piece as a coach as well. Yeah. I love that. And, and just, just a quick add on that, uh, a quick down and dirty. I, I like your, I like the, tw- the test that you're talking about to, to do that because that gives you a little bit more of a solid makeup. They're actually answering the questions and things like that. And just a quick one from neuro-linguistic programming. If you ask them a question and you just watch where their eyes go, typically the visual learners, their eyes go, they'll go up or they'll go up and to the side. Those are your visuals. Typically, uh, again, this is a hard and dirty thing. It may or may not be 100% true. Um, the audios tend to go sideways with their eyes. They go straight to the side. And then your your uh, kinesthetic, your feel learners will go either they'll stare straight ahead or they'll, they'll look down. So those are just some like ballpark. They're not 100% certain, but neurolinguistic programming is a, is a pretty big, um, you know, it's kind of a MMA of, of um, the pseudosciences, the psychologies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great approach. Great point. So um, go ahead. On about, and about the book, uh, you can find me on Twitter. My at is at coach Casto on Twitter. Uh, and on there, you'll typically see a bunch of podcast notes that I usually do. Um, I try to listen to a podcast every day. And write notes for it and my takeaways and just put it out there for uh, the coaching world. Mm. Uh, and then also uh, have my book rounding third, uh, rounding third skills, drills, and best practices in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working on another book right now on outfield play. It's going to be a lot shorter than the other book. Uh, mm-hmm. The rounding third book covers um, every content area of baseball, including the middle game. I know I want to do a second volume of that and just add in uh, field work, uh, you know, uh, PA announcing stuff, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You kind of would find in Ron Polk's book. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the inspiration for it. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, but the outfield play, I'll just cover like kind of my six Fs of outfield play that I gained from Garrett, uh, from Perry Hill of the Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. He has an infield one during the pandemic. Um, I asked for his uh, blessing to do the outfield version. So there's some similarities with the Fs. Um, but um, but that's, that's kind of how I've, outfield-wise, I create kind of a skill calendar and a skill tree on what can we cover and whatnot. Okay. Um, but uh, the, uh, the book uh, covers all content, uh, rounding third, that, that book covers all content areas of the game. Um, and what I try to do is uh, use specific coaches that I've learned from, from my notes, and just give them you know, things that I've learned from them, and things that have helped me. So it's, uh, it was a lot of fun to do and a lot of, a lot of fun to reflect upon um, what I've learned and continue to learn. So and that's, that's the most important part of the, of the game of baseball is, is to learn and really anything in life. The moment you stop learning, uh, you lose a lot of value in your life. So I try to learn something every day so I can be the best version of myself for my students in the classroom and my players on baseball. Time. I love that. Love that. Um, on your book, a couple questions before we uh, sign off. Um, do you, is it on Amazon too? 
It is not on Amazon, but the link is in my uh, Twitter um, bio. It's on the book patch. And mm-hmm. um, you just type, if you go to the book patch and just type in rounding third and it should pop up. Right. Um, it's twenty eight twenty five on there, the physical copy, and it's $20 for the ebook. The ebook, I have links in there. I, I would suggest the ebook's probably the, the best value um, because you can see all the links and all the videos and, and whatnot that I have in it. Right. Um, but uh, if you don't want that, you can have the physical copy. Um, but I've, a lot of coaches love it and use it. I know, um, coach Savage from, uh, Las Vegas, uh, loves it. It's one of his books that he carries with him. So, mm-hmm. uh, just knowing that I've added value to coaches lives and, and, and to players it makes me happy. So that's, that's my goal just to make the game a better game better and to make the, the lives of others better. That's, that's what I want to do. So exactly. Love it. Love it. Well, thanks coach Zach for, for coming on today and I'd be respectful of your time. I'm sure we got plenty of content possibly in the future for a part two or anything like that, but I appreciate the team, the team coaching where you bring in that, that side to it, both at the high school level and the college level, uh, the tactical drills we talked about, um, you know, totally appreciate that. And for those coaches out there want to probably the biggest takeaway, at least from my perspective is the evaluation and analytical analytical side where you're when you're doing drills you got games that are involved where there is especially if you're at the the high school I mean even the the lower levels too, the 12u on under those games are fun for them too. um having that competitive game where there's an actual score that gets that gets put on and and I think they appreciate that and it makes it more fun out there than them just doing a drill you know taking ground ball after ground ball after ground ball which at an older age, they understand you got to put the reps in, but when you make it fun, it's great for all levels. So I appreciate you doing that and, and also sharing that you're learning every day. So that's a big lesson that everybody needs to kind of take from there. Any parting thoughts? Um, if anyone ever wants to see any of my Google docs of the drills I make or anything like that, to kind of get an idea, um, feel free to message me. Uh, my number is 304-395-3048. You can send me a text and I can send you anything that, that I have to help you out. Um, again, we're just trying to uh, be stewards of the game and, and move the game forward and, and to help um, anyone with any question they have with the game of baseball, even in, in leadership as well. So I'd uh, be more than happy to talk uh, coaching and even teaching. So, uh, And again, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. It's truly an honor. <laughs> Again, the first couple of years I was coaching, I read your books and I, I multiple reads and I loved them. And so, and it just, the, the, the comment about the eyes, I remember I highlighted that in the book and I said, I, I'm going to watch for this in the classroom. So I'm going to go back and watch <laughs> it again because it was, it's fascinating, right? And so again, truly an honor to be on your podcast and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you again, Zach. Yeah, and I'll probably reach out because I, I possibly could be doing a little bit of helping out at a high school. Um, I, I generally don't like to do the full-time thing on that because I have so much other stuff that I'm doing that's going on. But um, I'm, we got a little bit of a project here I'm kind of interested in. So I might hit you up on those that Google Doc to get some of those drills. For yeah. It's been such a long time in the outfield for me. You know, I, I know some of it, but um, those coaches out there that are interested, you got a guy like Coach Zach that's willing to, to share and, and collaborate got to take, got to take them up on the offer. So again, thanks Zach for, for being on the show and we'll have to do a, a part two at some point. So have I yourself, thank have, you. your, have yourself a Merry Christmas, brother. Hope you guys thank and the family you. have a good one. Thank you.